from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 141, Knights of the Magical Suck. I'm your host, Ryan. <laughs> and I'm Robert. <laughs> and welcome back, everyone. Do you know what that, what that tagline is from, minus the suck part? No, what is it? It's from Visionaries. They were known as the Knights of the Magical Light. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't think they ever exclaimed how bad they sucked. <laughs> Maybe that was just us watching it at home. I, I, I think that was more so because the toy line didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I did like Visionaries though. Visionaries was a, a cool. No, I, yeah, I'm joking. I know I did too. I remember that. I didn't remember it as much. It must. Was it just one season or? Yeah, I don't think it lasted more than one season. You can't even get it over here in the U.S. Yeah, um, like on DVD or. Anything. Yeah, it's like region. I watched specific. a little bit of it on YouTube, but that's the only thing you can watch. Yeah, um, I did have a listener that sent me a. Uh, a copy, uh, friendly copy of uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that maybe I'll have to share with you um, s- to watch the episodes and stuff like that. Um, oh, okay. I've watched some of the early episodes. It holds up fairly well. I mean, it's really not a bad cartoon at all. So Cool, yeah. Watch uh, it again. But uh, it's it's been a while since you and I have been able to get together. In fact, we didn't, like, we've communicated, but we didn't actually talk on an episode throughout january <laughs> i know it's it's bizarre we've talked like i, I mean mi- almost every day at least every other day i think we text each other right one thing or the next and um so i felt like we've been talking all the time yeah. <laughs> and then there's been all these episodes coming out like oh yeah i wasn't on that one. Oh, i wasn't on that one <laughs> like, man ryan's just doing this show yeah i i, I said if, if you guys aren't available i, I just gotta keep going that travis jumped yeah. in Help, yeah, that was awesome. Helped me out. Um, and thank God he helped me out when he did because we recorded those episodes. And I think it was like a few days later I got the dreaded cold that's been going around to everybody. So I was mm, like, oh, yeah. thank God I got all these stuff, all this stuff already recorded because I can get the episodes out still. <laughs> 
but uh but yeah so that was awesome doing the five-year episode was as you if you've heard the most more recent episodes yeah that was uh undertaking <laughs> um yeah i can't even imagine <laughs> there was some, there was some there was some glitches <laughs> that happened um but uh it it's out and we've actually gotten some new listeners because of it and that's oh cool it's been awesome yeah. it was a really good idea it was just to, it was basically like a huge recap yeah like a little bottle episode you know like yep. the you with your TV. Vaseline guy, the uh... <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Thanks, I completely forgot about that, and then it got put in the episode. And I'm like, ah. Oh. See, for you guys, it's a funny story. For me, it's mental images that will never go away. <laughs> There's a huge difference. Um, but it was it was fun, kind of putting that together because it was like, man, I <laughs> I forgot some of the stuff as I was putting yeah. it together, and it was just it just made for a fun time. So, um, so we have a lot of listener feedback. Uh, this for any new listeners that are out there that don't know our suck episodes. Our suck <laughs> episodes is when uh, Robert and I don't really have anything pre-planned. <laughs> yeah, hence the suck. Right, we're like, but we need to get an episode out. So, right. or you know, there's a lot of stuff that's gone on. Well, yeah, and you know, and we don't necessarily need to plan it to talk about it. Right, and that's actually more the case with this is that there's yeah. just been a lot of stuff that's come out, especially in the last couple of months. That I was like, yeah. okay, these are things related to our show that we need to talk about, and there's some stuff that's just geek related that I think we would want to talk about. So, <clears throat> right. Um. So we did get a lot of listener feedback, so I thought it'd be good to go over that first. Sure. Um, so we'll go. Uh, into the uh, ask the holocron. I don't remember what the hell we even call it anymore. <laughs> I, I remember there being a lot more segments. Yeah, <laughs> like doing doing your flashback episode. I was like, man, there was a ton of segments. Before. Well, here's here's the problem. The reason why the segments have kind of gone away is so my computer crashed. Yeah, and, and all of those bumpers—they <laughs> were there. They're on that computer, <laughs> so I got to get OU812 back into the studio to record. Man. And he's a grouchy assassin droid. So. He is a slacker. Yeah, he just doesn't like us anymore, and so oh, maybe that's just it. Yeah, so we're just lucky to be alive at this point. We're not going to press it. <laughs> so, all right, so I have an email here from our good buddy Jason Adams. He, right. he sent Our this back. Host. He's right. The self-proclaimed fourth. fourth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you had to make that distinction. Right. So um, he sent this back in October, and I meant to read it, and I just kept forgetting. And when I started going through cleaning up some stuff, I was like, "Holy crap! I missed this email." <laughs> and it's very appropriate that you're on the show when I read this email. <laughs> okay, let's see what it says. So he says, "Say star bit, uh, hello star Joes and Elaine." <laughs> <laughs> so, I've recently been told that Elaine listens to the show. I feel so ashamed for my past antics and language. Being a very good-looking man that regularly goes to the gym, I usually try to act like a gentleman. The, oh the other day I was driving my Bentley to my 8,000-square-foot palatial estate when I came to a conclusion. <laughs> I should really use my millions of dollars to help those less fortunate. By Elaine, Dr. Jason Adams, attorney at law. <laughs> MBA. Right. Yeah, man, I tell you what. He sounds like a catch to me. I right. Know. I don't know what you're thinking, but. Well, he could be a catch for you. I'm, you know, get your Vaseline ready, but. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, ask what he thinks about saunas. 
Like, is he, is yeah, he, I think he's pro sauna. Is he a fan? Is he a fan? I, I'm pretty sure he is. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we That's also hilarious. Got, yeah, I mean, it's, he's always good for uh, for a laugh. So, and I did mention <laughs> I did mention him a while back. I was like, dude, I found one of your emails and I totally forgot to read it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he knows. Yeah, so he's aware that it was coming, but. Yeah. Um, we also got an email from Andre uh, talking about the five-year anniversary episode. So he said, uh, hi guys, just finished listening to the Greatest Moments podcast. It was another great episode. Can I make a suggestion for future interviews? It was difficult to tell who some of the guests were in the firing range questions. He said, I know uh, a clip show wasn't in mind when you recorded the episodes, but going forward... It would be cool if you managed to work the guest name in at the start of each segment, Andre. Hey, we read good feedback and constructive feedback and bad feedback and every kind of feedback. So um, when I put it together, I just assumed everyone knew who was talking <laughs> in those interviews. Yeah. So Yeah, I, no, that's true. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, because I was just kind of thinking back on it or remembering it or whatever, but especially for new listeners, they might not know. Yeah, especially since I said, oh, this is good for new listeners. Although, to <laughs> to my credit, concerning the hindsight's twenty twenty, concerning the glitches I ran into trying to get that episode out, I think if I would have inserted me doing introductions to who each person was, that episode just would have never happened. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, obviously, you put a ton of time into it anyway. Right. Anyway, so. But like I said, there was, there was like some system glitches and everything else. And I was like, uh, like I said, when I look back and I was like, yeah, it would have been nice to have it in there. But I don't know how much more that would have screwed things up. Um, but it's still a good suggestion for, for in the future. Uh, you know, when I do the 10-year anniversary clip show. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I would hope that you could just start from the five-year. Right. And go on. Maybe insert who's talking, but I don't even know yeah. if you need to do that. And then I would just say, hey, if you want to hear what happened in the first five years, go back to episode 138 and listen to that. <laughs> so. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. So um, we did get a voicemail. From a longtime listener, and we used to hear from this guy all the time. Do you want to take a guess on who it was? Uh, no, tell me. Chewy. I'm terrible at guessing games. <laughs> <laughs> it was Chewy. Oh. <laughs> Our good buddy Chewy. We haven't heard a voicemail from him in a long time, so he decided to call in and leave a voicemail because he heard, I assume he heard in the five-year anniversary episode, there was a part where Chuck actually said, you know, a, a day without this is like a day without a voice, uh, Star Joe's episode without a voicemail from Chewy. Uh, yeah. So he must have heard that and said, hey, I haven't called those guys in a while. <laughs> <laughs> he used to, I think he used to have us on his, like, actually contact list to actually call. <laughs> Probably. So, all right, let me go ahead and place the voicemail here for you. Star Joe's, it's Chewy, how are you? Happy 2015. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say. I just, uh, it's been quite some time since I've called you. Uh, I just got done listening to your five year episode. I wanted to say congratulations on five years of awesome 80s property content. Uh, Ryan and Chuck, it's been quite some time since we've gotten together. Definitely do, uh, get that on the calendar for some, uh, some wings and some drinks. Uh, Robert, I've never had the pleasure, but I just want to tell you you're doing an awesome job as well. Uh, hey guys. Keep up the great work. I'll talk to you guys soon, and uh, hopefully I'll have uh, some some reason to call back in, whether it's a movie review or a, uh, a strip club review. Talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> 
So is it yeah. coming back to you now when Chewie used to call us? Yes, that most definitely. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, has been a long time. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. We, and we definitely need to get together again because uh, Chuck and I did have the pleasure of, of hanging out with him a couple times, and um, it's been a long time uh, since we've heard from him. Number one, but actually getting planning to get together and stuff like that. But he still listens, which I I'm always happy when I hear like a listener that. I knew used to listen in the past, but I wasn't sure if they're still listening now. <laughs> they gave up on us. Right. Like, <laughs> which I don't blame them. There's podcasts I've had to give up on for one reason oh, or another. True. I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah, me too. And it's not always because I don't like the show. It's just sometimes like I don't have as much time as I used to have or something like yeah. that. So, um, or, you know, hey, I don't blame anyone that left us when we were kind of on a hiatus for a month or so there it was like nothing was coming out so it's like yeah yeah no it happens there's you know, yeah i mean if a show doesn't come out or if the dynamic changes would you get a right a new host or right or whatever you not know, to name happens, any so. names but <laughs> <laughs> hey. it happens right um i will say too is that ever since we were listed as the in the top 10 on podbean for 2014 yeah. We've had a lot of other podcasts following us on that website because you can follow other podcasts if you're if, oh, you, okay. if you have a podcast, and I'm pretty sure they're following us to find out what are they doing, <laughs> so, <laughs> or how how did they get this? Right, <laughs> and somebody else who deserves it. Yeah, I think initially it was like, what are they doing? Let's listen to the show, and then they're like, how the hell do, does anyone like this show? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, I really don't know. I don't know either, but I'll take it. So. Uh, so speaking of people that listen to the show and other podcasters, uh, Brian from over at Pop Culture Leftovers, which is mm-hmm. a podcast I love, he's done an amazing job in the past of like really promoting us. Like he listens to us, he enjoys us. I'm, I'm pretty sure the co-host Jake listens to us now, and he enjoys us as well. So um, they've mentioned us on their show quite a few times, and it's we're starting to get a lot of new listeners because of them. Uh, they're like, oh, hey, cool. yeah, they're saying like, I've actually got messages from people saying like, hey, Brian mentioned you guys on the show. So I thought I'd check one episode out. I listened to an episode and now I'm hooked. So <laughs> it was the one that sucked. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to the suck episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, Brian was really cool. Um, I'm at, I'm, him and I have each other's uh, cell phone numbers now uh-huh. and uh, we, we call and chat overnight and, you know. Whisper sweet nothings in each other's ears. <laughs> all night? <laughs> Not all night. All night, all night. <laughs> um, so he texted me actually some feedback that he got on their show uh, about us. Oh, okay. So that was pretty cool. So um, there was a listener, Andy Babcock, said, Hello, Commanders Brian and Jake and you too, Frankie. So Frank is... Not an official leftover host, <laughs> even yeah. though he's on almost every episode. <laughs> they kind of <laughs> they kind of torture him. <laughs> so gotcha. Um, but uh, so he says, I have listened to every episode since the Winter Soldier episode, aka the first mention of Frank Hammer on uh, Pop Culture Leftover podcast. And I have to say that as a ten-year vet on a microphone, a former TV news journalist, graduate radio slash tv broadcasting a listener of 40 plus hours of podcasting each week i love calling you guys the best most of my podcasts 
the last few months have focused on comics, movies, TV, 80s cartoons, etc. And you guys do the best research, break news as it happens, citing credible sources, and do it in a way that makes me want to grab a bottle of booze and jump right in the conversation. Star Joe's, however, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, he says, mucho kudos. You are even responsible for leading me to my second favorite podcast, Star Joe's. The five-year wrap-up is a total Tupperware. They rate their um, anything that they like or dislike. They rate it either it's a Tupperware, a taste it, or a toss it. Yeah. Because they're the leftovers. So he said that we're a Tupperware, uh, which is the best you can get. Right. Um, he says, I listen to each uh, the day they drop, and I hope neither stops. So that very was very cool. That was very cool. And when I put out the episode for the 1980s movie, uh, one of the listeners that came from Pop Culture Leftovers and gave us a listen, he responded on Twitter saying that he stopped the podcast he was listening to at the time because he saw we had a new one out. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that is so awesome. So, suck another podcast. <laughs> right. He didn't tell me what the other one was. <laughs> right. That's probably good. We don't right. need to know that. Right. <laughs> so, and then uh, Dennis Espero from Pop Culture Leftovers uh, website said, I love the Pop Culture Leftovers Star Joe's crossover episode. I'm always on the lookout for good, well-produced shows that dig into the topics that I love. Since the episode dropped, I've been listening to and enjoying Star Joe's. I've even gone back into their show archive and listed, listened to quite a few shows from the recent past. Big thanks for turning me on to these guys. There are so many podcasts out there, so these crossovers are super helpful in point, uh, pointing me directly to the good ones. So that was from Dennis Sparrow. so that was pretty awesome, too. Yeah, very cool. Man, I, I kind of feel like we're just patting ourselves on the back. Right. But... Well, they, they're the ones that sent the feedback. I just read it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely somebody who's kind of piped in and yeah. told us how awesome we are. We'll take yeah. it all night. <laughs> Absolutely. And, hey, if you listen to us and you think we suck, you could tell us that, too. I don't yep. don't know why you keep listening to us, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the people who just stop listening. <laughs> right. <laughs> this one isn't patting us on the back, even though I know he's a fan. But uh, my, <laughs> Michael Fezzik uh, Suddenary, I'm sure I'm butchering your name, and I apologize for that, he says, don't know if you guys would find this uh, very cool or not, but I do, and figured I'd pass it on. At the moment, there's going to be the possibility of an Arashikagi member fighting a Power Ranger in the UFC, Ultimate Fighting Champions. Uh, I don't know if you heard about that or not. No, what? I, that's, that's what it says. Says pro wrestler CM Punk, who has not only the Arashikagi but also the Cobra symbols tattooed on him, uh, has just signed a multi-fight deal with the UFC. The Green Power Ranger has come out and stated publicly that he wants to be be Punk's first match. I just think this is freaking cool. So, huh. I I'd, I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like. I, I'm not. Um, do you watch any wrestling anymore at all? Not really. Uh, Chuck's gotten into it a lot more, and <laughs> I know our buddy yeah. Travis really likes it, and our but our friend Sam he he's really into it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Chuck just recently got back into it. I fell out of it in the '80s, and I've never really gone back. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of the same. I 
maybe got into it for a little bit in the something like that, you know, but not not as hardcore as I was with like Hulk Hogan and Ultimate yeah. Wolf, those awesome guys. But yeah, I know. So I so I don't even I don't know much about it, but um, yeah, I would definitely watch a, a UFC fight with those guys. Oh yeah, and I hope they would bill it as like you know Power Rangers versus you know Joe or something like that. That would be <laughs> that a Rashikagi versus a Power Ranger. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. So Yeah, that would be. Um, so we had an email from Sean Dearden about the 50th Joe anniversary episode that uh-huh. we did. And he said, great job with the 50th anniversary show honoring G.I. Joe. I'm glad somebody is paying homage to this great toy line. You requested some feedback from listeners, so here you go. I'll try to keep this short and sweet. Uh, his first Joe was Zap, so not not a bad one. His, right, yeah. his second Joe was Flash, which we've heard. Man, I, yeah, I hear that so much. <laughs> yeah. He said, uh, Flash he bought with his own money. Uh, he said he went to Toys R Us with, my, uh, he said, I went to Toys R Us with my mom, and there was an end cap, uh, must have, he said, must have been about five, six carded f- figures high by five to six card, carded figures wide. Do you remember those days? Do you remember those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Not- yeah. Now you get like two pegs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the same uh, like soldier. Yep. Uh, and he said it had every 1982 figure. He says my theory as uh, as to why I bought Flash over all the others was because he had some color in his uniform, and he had a lot of accessories. He said I probably felt I was getting my money's worth at all of two dollars and fifty cents. That's a lot of guys, and a lot of people got. I think he came out at a very similar time that a lot of Star Wars figures were coming out. Yeah. And whichever wave he was. And I think, one, he had all the color. And that was a big part of it, that big red chest right. plate. But then the, the some of the people I've talked to, the accessories is what really made them choose to buy a figure who they didn't even know who the character was. Right. But it was on the same scale as the um, Star Trek, or Star Trek, the Star Wars guys. Yep. Um, but was more articulated and had more, you know, guns and extra features all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah zap just hit at the right time yep and uh he says favorite joe vehicle is killer whale his favorite cobra vehicle was the moray Uh, oh so cool yeah he says favorite wave was 1984 though this class may not be as popular as 1985 class he said there were a ton of great figures and characters that came out of it like zartan firefly storm shadow ripcord ricondo roadblock duke Uh, he said i like them all really um and then he says any yeah and he says anyways uh that's my two cents keep up the great the good work talk to you later i almost said great work and he just said good work so <laughs> you're like fluffing it up i was it, fluffing like. it up a bit so <laughs> <laughs> um and then we got um one more email from matt and said hi ryan robert i recently finished the 50th anniversary of gi joe episode and wanted to write in and tell you guys what an awesome show that was you did a great job covering the wide array of Joe topics and had nice things to add about each incarnation of the brand. That was possibly my favorite episode of Star Joe's. Would love to get Chuck's thoughts sometime, too, whenever his next his next appearance is. <laughs> his next, well, I think that would be a good idea. If we could just kind of run through those quick, you know, what our few either top fives were or what our, our you know, just, fav- just have him run down you know, just yeah. real quick and... Well, one of the things to let listeners know, um, Chuck and I have talked, and we were we were possibly going to record, I think, last week or something like that, but that's when I wasn't feeling too well. So um, 
the idea was, you know, Travis and I did the Star Wars number one issue, and I had mentioned that I wanted to go back and do like the Karen Travis G.I. Joe number one, and I wanted to do the He-Man Eternity War number one, and like yeah. just do episodes based on those like good jumping on points or good big stories about to happen, and we'll read the first issue of it. Yeah. Um, so Chuck and I are going to actually do those issues together. So it, Cool, great. Yeah, so it might be next week. So when we do the Joe one, I can definitely have him talk about That's a good idea. some yeah. of this stuff. So. so yeah, so look forward to Chuck being on the show <laughs> in the near future. Yeah. Oh, how long has it been since he's been on? <sighs> I don't, I want to say it's been a few months. Yeah, so, oh, man, I can't remember. I want to say it was episode 125. Like when we had a bunch of listeners on and everything else, he came yeah, on for that. I think that was it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, like I said, I mentioned to him, I was like, hey, I can be as flexible as I can be, and you know, I can record earlier in the evening or something like that. And I mentioned to him, hey, how about since we started doing the show based off of the comic books, I said, what if you and I did some of those comic books together? And he was all for that. So um, cool. So yeah, it should be good. Um, he says, are you guys considering do, uh, doing any more of these types of shows, meaning like the 50th anniversary one, with other brands, Transformers, Thundercats, etc.? Do Thundercats. It was their 30th yep. anniversary just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, Transformers was last year. And I was going to say, I've been talking with uh, Larry Kenny on Facebook. Oh, nice. Uh, the, the voice of Lionel. Yeah. Thundercats, and he's up for coming on the podcast. We just have to schedule it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely reach out to him then and see if I can yeah. get that scheduled. Yeah, I, I would love to do Thundercats. I definitely want to do Transformers. Um, and then uh, Paul Iden is the voice of Perceptor on Transformers, oh. and and I did the Malta convention, and he said he would come on also. Awesome. Yeah, I loved Perceptor. So, and he, he did the voice of somebody else too. He was not on not on GI Joe, but somebody else. Shoot, I'll have to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, he, he is a cool guy. There, he was fun. Well, the great thing with voice actors I found from listening to other podcasts and even just us having Bill Ratner on the one time was they are great for um, storytelling. And they're, oh, yeah. They have no problem. Like, you can ask them two questions and have an hour and a half show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They do like to talk. Not in a bad way. They just no. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I mean that in a very positive way. It's like yeah, because there's nothing worse than having an interview where you ask the person a question and they go yes, no, um, <laughs> right. and that's it. And it's like okay, well, we're having you on the show to interview you. <laughs> yeah, talk please. Yeah, can you? They, yeah, you're right. They are pretty good at that. Yeah. So yeah, I have like I said, like you said, I have absolutely. Do not mean that in any negative way. I mean that in a very positive way. That oh yeah, so Paul thing he had done was he was the colonel on Metal Gear Solid. Oh okay. A lot of video game work. He's done a lot of animation work, you yeah. know, over the years. But um, he's like really well known for that. So yeah. No, I, I'm all series. for that. So. Um, he said also uh, the real animated hero episodes are fantastic and even though i know you are taking a break after season one i look forward to your reviews of season two with serpentor dr mindbender and his amazing outfit uh <laughs> fabulous outfit right <laughs> and shipwreck telling fairy tales trust me when you see that episode you won't forget it <laughs> it's classic i do remember that episode yes i'm looking forward to it man. yeah 
Um, he says, I think you also asked for some of our Joe memories. First figure, favorite file card, etc. He says, forgive me if I have shared some of this with you before, but I think I was introduced to G.I. Joe around 1985 when I was five or six. My parents had just gotten a VCR, and the first cartoon they rented for me was a Real American Hero miniseries from 83. Uh, cool. Yeah, he said I was instantly captured by how cool the show was, and the GI and GI Joe surpassed He Man that that day as my favorite cartoon. <laughs> that day, did you did you do that? Did you uh, rent VCRs? Oh yeah, all the time. That, how crazy is that? I remember doing that. That was like a deal, man. Yeah. VCR, VCR in this huge black box. Yep. We go a couple movies. Those like, boxes oh, were enormous for the cartoons too. They weren't like your standard cardboard box. They were like these big plastic monstrosities that you like cracked open. <laughs> like an encyclopedia size. Yeah. Um, and I had a couple of them. Uh, I, I think it was like FHE or something like that that put them out. Yeah, yeah. It's family Home Entertainment. And uh-huh. uh, I had a couple of the Transformers ones. And uh, so, yeah, cool. I, 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 and I'm sure I watched that to death. And then I got my... Here was the cool thing with the VCR. My parents gave me my own blank VCR tape, and I learned how to record stuff. So oh, uh, yeah. I would record, I would just constantly record over what I had, but I would record certain things that I always wanted to see um, that I knew I wouldn't be home for. So I knew I learned how to like set the timer and everything. Oh, okay, yeah. So you had your own kind of blank uh, DVR going on. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so I would actually, uh, like I recorded the, uh, return of Optimus Prime. Um, <laughs> I recorded the GI Joe movie when that was on TV. Um, they used to have, so for Saturday morning cartoons, uh, those of you who are younger might not remember those, but oh, man. <laughs> they used to have just, just saying that brings back like this wave of like good feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just saying Saturday morning cartoons, I'm like, oh yeah. Yes. Well, I don't know if you remember, but each channel would have like a primetime half hour special about what the new Saturday morning cartoons were going to be for that season. It would be like from. Oh, yeah, it was like a preview. Yeah. Like they would go and preview just like five or six different series or whatever. Yes, yes. And it was always brand new shows. And then at the end, they'd be like, plus all your favorites. And they'd mention a bunch of other shows that have always been on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to watch those and I would record them with my VCR, uh, VHS tape. And, uh, yeah, I would just, I would watch those over and over again until the, until the, uh, cartoons actually started and stuff. So, yeah. Rocking the VCR. Yep. Now, so he was saying, um, what, do you remember what show you were watching that you saw, like, okay, so he was saying He-Man was his favorite, then he saw G.I. Joe. Right. So, do you remember, do you, was there any point in watching cartoons that that happened for you? Where you were like into a show and then you're like, whoa, this is a show. <laughs> I think for me it was always like, because I, I mean, I was five when the 80s started. So, yeah. there wasn't like a whole, like unlike Travis and yourself where it was like kind of jumping back a little bit. Seeing stuff that was out maybe before you were old, old enough to remember them. Right. Um, for me, it was like I watched these things as they came out. So it was always that like, true. yeah. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, I'm watching the Star Wars cartoons and love Star Wars. And then it was like, ooh, what's this GI Joe? And I'd watch GI Joe. Then Transformers came out, and I'd watch that. And it wasn't so much like one replaced something else. It was always like 
adding to the list of things to watch. I mean, I think, you know, I think people your age was just like the perfect age for it. Yeah. Because it was just all coming out right as you were at the right age to be yeah. into it. Well, and that's the thing. I was born in 75, so I was five years old in, in 1980, and I was 15 at the end of the 1980s. So, like, that age range was just, like, yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, really. So, um... You, you were, like, all of those guys' demographic. Like, every single yeah. one of them. Yeah, they were basically, like, we have a file on Ryan. I know, all the toy companies, <laughs> all the animation studios, networks... Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is like you and Chuck always laugh because of how many eighties shows that I knew that you guys were like, I've never even heard of that show. (laughs) (laughs) And, but that's for me what it was. It was like I said, I would watch those preview um, shows. So I knew what cartoons were coming out and I would be like, Oh, that one. Yeah, there you go. That's true. So it was kind of like the previews comics where I was like, Ooh, that comics coming out. I want to get that. (laughs) So I would know in advance that something was coming on. So I would look in the TV guide you know, because there wasn't uh-huh. online back then. <laughs> you yeah, look, yeah. look in the TV guide, like, is it this Saturday? Is it this Saturday? You know, so, um, yeah, it was a mission for me to watch a lot of those cartoons. And, yeah, I don't think there was ever anything that, like, replaced one over the other. There was definitely ones I liked more than other ones, but then, like, I would watch the reruns of the other one once I was seeing reruns of the one that I liked a lot. Mm, okay. So, like, I would watch... I can tell you, like, when i come home from school, it would be... He-Man was on right when I came home, so I didn't always catch the full episode. Um, then I believe there was like Thundercats and Mask. Um, was There was some of that. And then it was uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers. And G.I. Joe, and that was from 4 to 5. G.I. Joe, then Transformers. And I watched that constantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the other shows, like I would just kind of like, okay, I've seen this episode of G.I. Joe. Let me see what else is on another channel and uh or he-man or whatever so um yeah i would catch other stuff that way how about you um well i think for me it was uh when the shows were coming out i was kind of young for the early ones um for like my older Lane and my older brother thomas were really into all of those same shows and stuff that i was so that i were that kind of so it was always on anyway i mean thanks to elaine like yeah, it, that stuff was always on, um, and then it was right in the uh, the whole GI Joe Transformers is when I choosing to watch it. I wanted to watch it. You yeah. know what I mean? And they were they had started growing out of it, right? You know, there in the, the early or the mid eighties, so they were kind of our teens at that point. So that's when they grew out of it. I was the one still watching shows, and then that had started coming out. So then it was like, but I would reruns. They were always just running syndication. Shows. He-Man's. That's why I always thought these. I always thought these uh, cartoons ran like six seasons or something. Like that. Right. No, it was the same. They just aired every day. Right. So you, each season was like eighty episodes. Yeah. But they only ran like one, two, or three seasons long. Yeah. I mean, it's the same but equivalent. Yeah. You know, like a an eight season or sixty. Oh yeah! If you were nowadays, it's so. like twenty some episodes is a is a full season, even for a cartoon. Uh, yeah. that's a lot of episodes for a cartoon. Whereas, yeah, like you said, when we were kids, it was like you had a new episode every day and they would do like 80 episodes in the year. And just <laughs> for what year I realized that it was more recently than back then. Like, right. I just, I think I just, I got into a lot of the other shows through syndication, you know what I mean? Yeah. That it was, um, 
it was like the I was getting into shows during uh, Transformers and GI Joe, and then you know, but I was still well into like Turtles and stuff like yeah. in the late later eighties. Well, and what made me realize that those cartoons had so many episodes, like when it finally dawned on me, is like you said, when I got older and I started getting the DVDs, and it would be oh, yeah. like season one part one and i'm like okay they gave me some of the episodes and i'd open it up and it'd be like 40 episodes and i'm like what (laughs) this is part one (laughs) i know yeah i'm just like man that's why we're like the season of joe is just going on yeah Yeah. like that's why we're taking a break is because we're what is it 40 60 episodes or whatever it is total yeah so So yeah it feels like we've been on this show for three seasons worth (laughs) right so he said uh since duke was featured so prominently in the miniseries he became my favorite joe ironically my first figure was flint as well as my first comic book being issue number 37 which was the first appearance of flint so then isn't flint really your favorite then? i think he is I think, uh, for some reason he doesn't want to right he was a uh, Flint fan. Yeah, so he says, I also remember being very confused that there was some blonde guy named Hawk leading G.I. Joe since he hadn't appeared in the cartoon yet. He says, while Duke's file card was my favorite, I always liked Lowlight's file card uh, since it was so unique and was played out in an episode of season two. That's one of my favorite Joe episodes to this day. Anyway, sorry for all the rambling. I'm always happy to talk about G.I. Joe. So Cool. That was awesome. Yeah, and I would say any of our listeners, like, if you want to just pop in and shoot us an email or voicemail and just say who your favorites were, like, yeah, we love to hear it because we like to talk about it. And everybody their favorites. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's got their first Joe. Everybody's got their favorite Transformer. Like, we want to hear it. I love talking about it and hearing you got into the properties that we really enjoy. Yeah. And that's the thing. It doesn't have to be a long email. You can just be real quick like, hey, you guys were yeah, asking what my, my top first... five, whatever. Yeah. Anything 80s related. Here's my top, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing. It could be, yeah, like you said, it could be anything 80s related. It's like we named this after the visionaries. You could send us your top five visionaries. What's your top five, like, action movie? Like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, let us know. We'll talk about it. Yeah. It's fun. We're going to be talking a lot about movies in the this year, I found out. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I am too because it's like. I didn't real. I mean, I should have realized, but I didn't realize how much people loved that top five 1980s episode because we got a <laughs> lot of fast fan reaction to that one, like in a positive way. Well, it's way. kind of like I didn't re- you you forget what years these movies came out. Everybody knows they love the Indiana Jones wars, you know that these right. these awesome 80s movies. Think, oh, those are great 80s movies, but you don't really think income when it's sitting next to other movies that came out that same year, all of a sudden you're not comparing it. You're not comparing Return of the Jedi with Back to the Future. Right. You know what I mean, you're not just ranking 80s movies in one lump sum. You're like, okay, only these came out this year. Right. And then you're sitting there going, oh, I really remember this one. And, and I, I, there's, there's, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of fun to look at. Yeah. But then you kind of forget what movies came out what year. And I'm noticing the problem that I'm having because I've looked ahead at the years and stuff like that is that as we get further into the 80s, I'm it's gonna, gonna have a harder t- and harder. It's gonna get harder and harder because I was watching more and more movies, because you know. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Because again, like at in 1980 itself, I was five, so I didn't watch a ton of movies. But then, like when you get to 1986 and 87, I'm 11, 12 years old. <laughs> You're going to the theater. I'm yeah. going to the theater. I'm watching tons of movies. VHS tapes are out. I mean, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's of- true too. 
you know, my parents were going to the rental store every weekend, and I was watching these movies. We had HBO at home. I'm watching those movies. So, <laughs> and and people wonder why I still watch a lot of TV to this day. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that was my life for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we did have one other listener feedback uh, that was actually mailed uh, to me, and this is from Kevin, who you you know. Um, yep. So he sent Chuck and myself uh, a package, not his package, just a package. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he said, "I don't think you needed to clarify that. I, you really didn't." For the listeners, I did. For you, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe. So he says, Merry Christmas, Ryan, uh, to you and your family, and tell Chuck and Robert the same for me, please. He says, on to the Prince. Hopefully you you don't have one yet. He says, at the Edmonton Expo this past fall, Tom Cook, who was largely responsible for the Masters of the Universe cartoon we all know and love, was here in Edmonton. I couldn't pass up the opportunity to make up some prints and get them signed. I gotta admit, I had a hard time not keeping all three of them, but once they were signed, it was pretty easy. <laughs> he said, "Hope you like because he they were personal." It was easy keeping all three of them. Is no, that what he said? it was e- it was easy to <laughs> once, give them once all. I had them all signed. It was easy to keep them all. <laughs> <laughs> it was easy to get rid of them because they were actually personalized. So, um, oh, okay, there you go. So they were not to addressed to him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? So he says, "Hope you hope you like the one I had signed for you, and hopefully the same for Chuck." Tom was a pretty cool was pretty cool to talk to, and I wished I had. More time, but I was working it at the same time, so I think he was working at the expo. Uh, just wanted to send he was working a, it. Yeah, he was he just was, like dancing. Right. I didn't know if it meant <laughs> he was. Yeah, I didn't know if it meant he was like man. I would totally get something else signed, but man, I got to dance. <laughs> and Tom <laughs> Cook saw me dancing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm so, working it. I'm, I'm working sorry, it. I, so he says, uh, "Just so one." Are you in line? <laughs> nope, I am working. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, sorry. Pretty sure that's gonna make the next five year episode. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Longman working it. Working it. Watch out. <laughs> so someone's getting someone. That's his GI Joe name. Right, working it. <laughs> <laughs> working it. <laughs> He's like, Kevin hey everybody, it. I'm working it. <laughs> working it, and he just leaves the room. Right. <laughs> drops Drop, the mic. Drops leave. the mic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he says, just wanted to send a little Christmas cheer your way and say thanks for everything. Uh, have a safe and Merry Christmas and looking forward to you guys in the new year. Just got to get uh, Chuck's butt back on there, but Robert's doing okay. <laughs> Robert's butt is all right. He's, his butt's all right. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? Is that what he said? Yeah, he said your butt's okay. You know how okay. to work it. So. <laughs> Robert can Wait, work. What? Robert can work his butt. Um, so what he sent was these 11 by 17 prints of like from the animation thing, uh, the the animation thing, the the He-Man filmation animated show. And the one he had signed for me was He-Man and the one signed for Chuck that was Skeletor. So that was pretty, pretty awesome. So. Um, and he's going to be going to another convention. I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't remember who he said was going to be there. He's like, "Do you want me to ask him if he'd be willing to do the show?" I was like, "Yeah, you can have anyone ask." <laughs> he's like, "You want to go to any sh- <laughs> any of our listeners out there? If you want to go out to a show and talk to somebody and tell them about the podcast and see if they want to come on, 
then email me back and say, hey, they said they'd be willing to come on and here's their information or here's how you can reach them and I'll happily have them on the show. So Yeah, just ask them if they want to come on and, um, you know, like just give them you know, our email. Like I, some people might not want to just throw right. their email around, but right. like just if there's a way, easy way to contact them through their website or yeah. agent or something like that, then just get that information from them yeah. and let them know we'll be in touch because yeah. we'd love to do more interviews. It's always awesome talking to people. Absolutely, absolutely. Pixels in the Animation is the next cartoon review podcast series in the GeekCast Radio Network's long history of review series. We've had Transformers, He-Man, and Mask as far as the cartoon review podcasts we have done. Now we bring in TV's Mr. Neil as he and TFG and Mike break down nine video game cartoon series. Steve Megatron will join us for the Mega Man and Sonic episodes. We'll be reviewing and analyzing every episode of the Mario, Zelda, Captain N, Mega Man, Donkey Kong, and Sonic cartoons. You can expect us to go in-depth and also talk about the game franchises that spawn these cartoons. So tune in summer 2013 as we find the pixels in the animation. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe News, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. And we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding. Kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. And we. Okay. Seriously. This is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. The GeekCast Radio Network has launched Mask Mayhem with your hosts Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Mask Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate weapon. I, there's been some news that's come out that I thought we should talk about. Uh, that was all the listener feedback, in case you didn't cool. know. Cool, okay. <laughs> I figured. So, this, some, a lot of this is older stuff, but it's just stuff we haven't had a chance to really talk about. <clears throat> yeah. So, one of the things that was out there that showed up on Twitter was that Hasbro will bring back Mask in 2015. Yeah. Uh, have there been any more specifics since they initially broke the story? I have not looked, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but it does coincide. Seen anything? Yeah, but... I haven't seen anything, but it does coincide with the 30th anniversary of Mass. Yeah. Um, so there's been like questions, like, are we going to get a cartoon? Is there going to be figures? Are we going to do three and three quarter inch figures? Are they going to do six inch figures? Which I don't see six inch, but like even doing three three quarter inch would be bigger than what the original figures were. So, yeah, exactly. And I, I think um, it, it would be uh, 
I don't know. I they yeah, if they're gonna do it, they need to do a three and three quarter. Yeah. And let it that would, it just seems like the only way to do it because you can charge more for the vehicles and people would buy them. If if it was yeah. a classics line. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, people would pay a hundred dollars a vehicle. Oh yeah. And then if you just have the figures, you know what I mean, then Price those at the ten or fifteen mark. Whatever you're doing for three and three quarter inch figures, you know. Right. And you would sell out if even if it was like a limited thirtieth anniversary. Do everybody on the show? You know what I mean? Like the you know you got maybe thirty figures, maybe you know just the top ten vehicles over the course of a couple of years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can't, man. I don't. I don't know the specifics. They got they got to crunch the numbers, but I can't imagine. You know, they could price it at a, at a price point that I'd be willing to spend to have like a really awesome three and three quarter inch yeah. scaled uh, figure or vehicle yep. of each of these things. Like, now oh I do goodness. remember hearing like ru- rumors out there from people, and I really and I'm doing air quotes here about rumors like people can see them. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've heard rumors um, <laughs> of of. Uh, possibly incorporating mask into the joe line as a way to reinvigorate the joe line which they did do a matt tracker figure before yeah that was kind of like a a bit of a one-off right but i wouldn't say i would be opposed to that but i would much rather see what you're talking about which is a classic type line of just it's, it's it. mostly collector. I mean, obviously, their kids aren't going to know at all who Mask is. Right. And if they come up with a new cartoon, it's going to be its own thing. It's going to be like yeah. this weird Detroit story or whatever. Right. Doing. So, <clears throat> you know, they would have to do some kind of uh, just classics line, knowing that it's not going to be a big impulse buy off the shelves. But that's when you price it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, high it's... enough that it is worth your money and the nostalgic. People who are like younger thirties to mid forties, right? Well, well, they'll just spend whatever it takes. They'll right. pick it up. Well, it's not going to be an impulse buy for some people. <laughs> yeah. If I'm in the store and I see a Matt Tracker with you know his his Thunderbird, I, I, that's going to be an impulse purchase. <laughs> well, but uh, well, us too, we would know it's coming out, right? Because like, it's still not impulse buy because we know it would be out, right? But, but the, there's I mean, been. There's been stuff that shows up at the store that I didn't know was coming out, and I go, "Holy crap! I didn't know that was coming." And I'll well, that's true. Just yeah. buy it. So it, it could sneak up on us. We don't know. Um, yeah, I don't think it would. I mean, I think there would be some big like announcement, like, "Hey, mask is coming back." Um, but yeah, I haven't looked to see if there's any new news updates about it or not. I'll have to, I'll have to update next one of our future episodes uh, to see if there's been any updates about that. But yeah, man, I would love to see some type of. They don't even have to do all the vehicles, just some of them, to at least start and see, is there a market to do more? Yeah. No, I mean, I, even if they just did two or three of the, the more yeah, super popular, uh, you know, hero vehicles and villain vehicles. Yeah. Like, you could, you could literally sell them for $60 a piece if they even did this the, the minute bit of transforming they need. Yeah. Like, like come out with like I said Matt Tracker with his Thunderbird and come out with uh, you know Miles Mayhem with the helicopter that turns into the plane which I never understood that. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, 
turns from a flying vehicle into a faster flying vehicle. Fly, a faster <laughs> flying vehicle. That, I guess it doesn't hover anymore, but that's all you got going for it. Right. Um, and then, like, maybe do, like, a couple small vehicles, like the Condor, which was the uh, the green motorcycle, and then do the Piranha, which was the purple villain motorcycle. Um, like, They'll do, like, the smaller, like, motorcycle ones, yeah, and those yeah. wouldn't be as bad. Yeah. So, but yeah. then got to do the big semi, which, of course, that's, like, yeah. the $100 vehicle. The, the Rhino, yeah, that's... Yeah. That would be a convention Man, exclusive awesome. or something. <laughs> I did yeah, have the Rhino. San Diego thing. Yeah, I did have the Rhino. That was an awesome vehicle. Um, it is cool, man. That, I mean, those, I mean, I still, I, every time I see those at a toy show, or I, I so almost buy those, but I'm like, man, my Joes won't even fit in it. And yeah. The it was the Rhino was cool because it had the the front grill. I don't, I don't know if you had it or had a chance to play with it, but... Um, no i didn't i never had it yeah the the front grill of the rhino would uh there was a button you could push and it would shoot out like a battering ram like it's it's Ah, cool it stayed attached but it would just just like pump out or whatever exactly and then there was um when you open up the back because it turned into a a a base basically um when, Uh when you open up the back there was a missile that would shoot out the back and that missile was some substantial plastic um, you, and it came out with some force. You, Whack! You could kill a deer with it. <laughs> Watch out. Um, yeah, don't be like, don't look down into the missile thing when it's about to fire, because you're you're gonna be uh, one-eyed Pete for the rest of your life. So, um, but yeah, it was it was cool because that that sucker would launch, and like I said, it was hard. <laughs> it was it would it would really go. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. And then you had like the back end part of it came off like, a, and it was like a separate vehicle. So yeah, anytime, uh, you know, like the GI Joe night Raven or, or yeah. the havoc, anytime you had a vehicle that split off, I love those. Vehicles. Yeah. So, uh, I, I had quite a few mask vehicles. I had miles mayhem's, you know, uh, helicopter airplane, mm-hmm. um, which that was the cool thing with that one was the wings would like snap out. Like you would push this little button and they would just snap into position. So. Oh yeah, no, I, I think um, one of my friends had a, quite a few of those, and okay, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. that and then uh, I had the Hurricane, which was the '57 uh, Chevy that turned into a, like a six-wheeler tank type thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that one. It had Hondo McLean. In it, which was the <laughs> coolest name of a toy figure ever. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> It's like Hondo McLean and Lando Calrissian just needed to hang out together. <laughs> um, just give each other high fives all day. Exactly. So, um, and speaking of Lando, I don't know if you saw the episode. The most re- one of the most recent episodes of Rebels actually had Lando Calrissian in it, and it was what? voiced by Billy D. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's called the Idiots Array. Uh, huh. which was a gambling term. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, That's he cool. was, he was the smuggler. He was the smooth talking smuggler and uh, it was awesome. Um, and they left it kind of open that, you know, he might show up again. So um, that'd be great. Cause I, I feel like he really got the shaft on the new movies. Oh but, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> at least he's part of it. So. I, I love the picture. There's the meme of him holding the mop bucket as the janitor. And he's like, Did <laughs> star Wars call you. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> no sorry ability so speaking of star wars 
I know you and I kind of talked about this, but we never talked about it on the show. The names of the characters, some of the major characters, was revealed. Yeah. Uh, which was Poe Dameron was Oscar Isaac's character. Uh, Finn is John Boyega's character. Ray is Daisy Ridley's character. And then the Sith character um, is named Kylo Ren. And it hasn't, to my knowledge so far, it hasn't been revealed who plays that. Um, and then the droid, little droid that was going around is called BB-8. I don't know if we... I, did we talk about the trailer on an episode? Uh, we talked about the trailer. Uh, right, okay. We just didn't know the names of any of the characters at the time. Right. Um, the thing that's interesting... And I've watched the trailer, I don't know how many times. I need a new trailer because I'm wearing this one out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I did post on the Facebook page. Someone did... A, you, didn't, you didn't record it on a VCR, did you? No, I did not record it on a VCR. <laughs> like, my, my tape is all worn out. Right, it's all worn out. I, although I still you have... You can't wear out the internet. What are you talking about? I still have a VCR, though. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't. It's just, it's old. We've had it forever. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I still have some VHS tapes. I don't know what to tell you. Dude, I do an 80s nostalgia podcast. <laughs> I, well, okay. I, I get that, but I just, I don't know. You should not question why I have a VHS tape and a VC. <laughs> I should question you why you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe I'm not as method as you are when it comes to the podcast. That's I right. I, I immerse myself in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, so I, I did find it interesting that they don't provide the last name of Finn and Ray, which are Boyega's character and Ridley's character. Yeah, it makes you wonder if they're re- twins related, yeah. brother, sister, or something like that. Well, they're different races, so I'm doubting it. <laughs> hey man, I'm, I don't judge. What are you talking about? I don't know how Star Wars. Again, I don't know how Star Wars works. Maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Um, <clears throat> more power to them, right? But I'm very curious <laughs> if one of them is a Skywalker and one of them's a Solo. Mm. Um, yeah. See, now that would also be a giveaway, right? Or if Finn. I mean, if Finn is related to some other character that you right. know, one and. Once you hear his name, it's like you're gonna know, you know, what it is. So exactly, Akbar, you know, right? <laughs> there is a bastard, Akbar, bastard child. Right, Akbar and my Mothma. <laughs> he got my Mothma's looks. Right. <laughs> Surprisingly, not the dominant <laughs> gene. I'm a little right. surprised by that one. Right. So, so you, can, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. All right. You get size noodles and Bosk have a baby and out comes <laughs> out comes right. John Boyega and you're like, "What?" What? <laughs> there you go. The, they say that two ugly creatures can make a beautiful baby. So <laughs> I've seen it happen. Right. All right, so then also there was some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sequel film news. Uh number 1, they've confirmed that there will be a sequel. So that's big news. Um, and then uh that bebop and rocksteady will be in it oh that's right yeah no see i'm excited about it i think you know it's funny because i had um i've watched i've watched it since we talked about it because when we talked about it i hadn't watched it remember you you had seen it in theater but i hadn't yet right uh you know i've seen it obviously since and um yeah going back i think i listened to uh 
you know, kind of what what you had said. But I mean, I think in general, yeah, I, mean, I, th- I realized not seeing it and hearing your point of view, and then I saw it kind of with that aspect, you know. In yeah, uh, I had some I had some other thoughts, but we could wait to do it some other time. But um, yeah, no, it's like I'd be happy to see a sequel. There was definitely some stuff that just made me shake my head about that movie. Yeah. Um, and, and have you seen like you know like the honest trailers on YouTube like yes. honest trailer and they break down a movie yeah their honest trailers for Ninja Turtles just cracked me up because <laughs> it's so spot all the like what are you thinking <laughs> kind of stuff you know right. just like oh man and when they point it out it's just so blatant especially but yeah um, anyway so that's something to go over so maybe some other time but yeah yeah for for a sequel I would I would go see it you know yeah. I, yeah, anyway, but yeah. Especially seeing how, if I get to see what Bebop and Rocksteady will look like in advance, it might make me more excited to go see it. That's true. And there's somebody, you know, there's a, the, there are a couple of characters that they could be a little more true to the, um, like the, the old 80s cartoon, like they were kind of 80s punk looking. Right. Um, which some aspects of that have come back. You know, not yeah. that they need purple hair or whatever, but just... Oh, uh, no. Like rip rip off shirts, you know they don't need that. Oh no, I need the purple mohawk. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe and the thing is, they can get away with doing it now. Yeah. The they could. um and then like uh, Rocksteady just being like in military like pants and get up, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, that would look awesome. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, and I, I'm glad they brought them into the comic, and I like how they did it, where it was like subtle appearances of these thugs. And I remember keep telling, I kept telling Chuck, I was like, I think that's Bebop and Rocksteady. And he's just like, no, I think it was just a little nod to the fans that like, hey, here's what Bebop and Rocksteady look like, but they're not actually going to appear in this comic, but here's some thugs that look like them. And then sure enough, those thugs did become Bebop and Rocksteady. And I thought they did a really good job of doing that. Um, that now the animated show, I don't know if you're still watching that or if you have watched it at all. Um, I watched it, I think, up through season three completely. Yeah. Is it on season four now? I think so. Um, and I've liked most of it, but they, they've they had Bebop and Rocksteady, and I don't care for the look of Bebop. And, mm. and I haven't seen them. The new show, in general, I like it. I love what it's how it's revitalized the property, yeah. so I'm all for it. But at the same time, like they're... Whenever they come up with their own characters, you're know, not yeah. an homage to an older character. Right. They're just too bizarre for yeah. me. Yeah. Like the mutations are just so out there and yeah. creepy and and weird. Like, and I understand. I gotta, you know, I'm not into anything creepy, but right. I, I'm talking for my kids too. Like, they don't even want to watch it anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, you're really killing anybody that's younger than like 12. Like maybe a 12 year old might think that looks cool. You know, like floating eyeballs in a goo hey, and that's your you know mutant yeah. or whatever we we've had this conversation though i think you're just raising wimpy kids so it's all right <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue that <laughs> i'll give that one to you <laughs> um no it's it's one of those things like uh there i agree though there are some like really freaky looking things and i'm like I'm, I, and it's not even like I look at it going, ooh, that looks cool. I'm like, ooh, that looks really weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but some of the episodes quite... are really cool. Like, there are some really cool episodes. Like, I watched one recently where it was like they get they put on this these new costumes. They're like mystic costumes. They've actually made action figures, of course, of them now. Um, 
but they yeah. <laughs> they have to go out into the woods and basically face their greatest weakness, and they fight ghost beings, uh, villains like ghost foot soldiers and stuff like that. And they have to each do it solo on their own, and it's really done like it's done really well. Like a turtles fan would love that episode um, mm. because it's them finding a way to overcome their greatest weakness right and uh that's what that it's cool about that but it's also cool because then like leonardo has to face uh this shredder and shredder becomes like as big as the mountain and you know you'll never overcome me and it's leonardo overcoming any fears and weaknesses that he felt he had yeah, it was a really good episode. So stuff like that, I'll watch an episode like that, and I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. And then I'll watch an episode where, you, like you said, it's a big vat of goo with two eyeballs, and I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. But, um, so there's also rumor that uh, from the producer, <laughs> so I don't know how much of a rumor it is, but that he's trying to fit in Casey Jones into the sequel also. Right, I had heard that, yeah. So, And I think it's a good time to, yeah, definitely fit him in. He's, he's a, a main character, and um, you know, if you're putting in Bebop, Rocksteady, bringing Shredder back, yep. and then you can insert uh, an anti-hero friend, you know, yep. uh, that has a bit of an arc, and I think that's enough. You know, you're adding some elements of bad guy in New Direction, you're adding the elements of, uh, you know, that compatriot friend. You can take Will Arnett out, yeah, you could put in a, a Casey Jones. Yeah, I would be would fine ba- if you took. I'd be totally fine if you took Will Arnett out. <laughs> <laughs> so there has been confirmation of episode of when episode eight and nine of Star Wars will come out, and it'll be 2017 and 2019. Right. So they've Man. officially confirmed. They've greenlit it, which I was like, really? Um, you were gonna do episode. <laughs> episode seven and not do the other two. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's like we knew it was coming, but it's all it's all official now. So. Yeah, it's all official. Um, there's also was an announcement I think as recent as today that Felicity Jones is going to be the has been casted as a lead character for the first Star Wars spinoff movie. And I didn't know who the actress was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw that too, and I was like, I don't even know what any of this is about. And yeah. a spinoff movie? Like, yeah. So I mean, they're banking on her being a popular character, or it being an established EU character, right? That people are familiar enough that they would go see a movie about. Like, I don't know. There's rumors that uh, that people are speculating that she might play a young Princess Leia. And when you look at okay, her, like origin story. Yeah, and when you look at her, she looks like a young Princess Leia. So, yeah, I haven't looked at it that way. Yeah, and uh, I looked her up, and I was like, okay, she was Oscar nominated this year for the movie Theory of Everything, which I have not seen. But I was like, okay, now we have an Oscar nominated actress taking the lead in a Star Wars movie. Okay, you probably did some good casting there. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, the where I I've seen her, uh, and a listener pointed this out uh, on Twitter is she played Felicia in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie. So there it was a very small part, but I don't there, even remember that part. She was there like was a, a Felicia in there? Yeah, she was supposed to, people were speculating that she was Felicia Hardy, but Right, but like what 
she was like a secretary to um, uh, Norman Osborn and oh. stuff. So, like, and Harry Osborn. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about so, now. So, like, she came in, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, they mentioned Felicia. I was like, oh, my God, that's probably Felicia Hardy, this black cat, and stuff like that. And there was thought that she would spin out into a black cat movie and stuff like that, but um, that might... Man, Spider-Man's been having a rough yeah. go of it lately. <laughs> Sony needs to just sell it back. <laughs> I know, and then Marvel can reboot it again. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I like I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. I, I didn't did have too. any issue with that. I yeah. people, like it seemed like people kind of started getting on his back more and more, or not get more. Like, no, it was weird. Yeah, I he did fine. I I thought he did fine too. I I actually liked him as Peter Parker and Spider Man. I thought he did a better job of doing both characters for me than Tobey Maguire. Like I thought, I believed Tobey Maguire as. Um, Spider-Man a little bit, but I didn't believe him as Peter Parker a whole lot. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was just a completely different approach. Different director, obviously different actors, yeah. and so you're just... It's going to be a completely different direction. And I liked the amazing Spider-Man movie's direction yeah. to the character better. Um, the Sam Raimi ones felt a little more class. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like, in general, felt more classic. And then the amazing ones seemed a little more modernized you know, yeah. for a more modern audience, but... Yeah, well, and I felt like with the Amazing Spider-Man ones that um, Peter appeared smart, like very intelligent. Like you saw his intelligence, and they made it a point to show you that he's an intelligent student. And then when he was Spider-Man, they made it a point to to have him do the quips and everything else, which is crucial to Spider-Man. So I felt like they portrayed that a lot better. Now there's things about both Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 that... I thought they didn't do as good a job, namely the villains. Um, yeah. That kind of weakened those movies for me. But as far as Spider-Man mm-hmm. himself, I thought that was a perfect casting. I thought they wrote the character well, and, mm-hmm. they, and they got it right. So. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, that was a weird little uh, tangent, but... Yeah. Um, so... Couple other things related to the show here. Uh, one is, uh, I'm I'm sure you're aware of this, but Jem uh, is having a comic coming out in March. Yeah. Gem, yeah, I haven't heard about that. Jem <laughs> and the holograms. Uh, I'll probably get. I'll probably get. So I'll I'll get at least the first one for my daughter, and then I'll probably get the uh, trades for her. Yeah. Um. So I have said. You know, I always tease Chuck, saying that you know he's a brony and everything. Um, if there was a girl toy that I would like it and be a fan of, it would be Jem. And like, I am getting the first issue, and if possible, I want to cover it on the show actually. Um, because hey, it's an 80s property, why not? But I'm actually, <laughs> everyone can make fun of me for this. I'm actually getting the box set edition of the comic. What? That has all the variant covers to it, where like each cover has one of the uh, has gem and one of the hologram holograms on each one. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, get it out of your system. <laughs> and issue two is gonna have the misfits, so I'm gonna get that set too. It's a female band, man. It, they're cool. <laughs> I can't even make noise. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, is that? Good. Mm. <laughs> Good. 
Okay, I'm ending the show. I'm going to go find a new host. <laughs> hey, you're supposed to be focused drawing right now. <laughs> I know. Sorry, okay, sorry. No, sorry, that's, no that's fine. <laughs> You make fun of me all. I can just see. I can just see. Like, we. All right. If I ever find Jim and the Holograms bookend, like, (laughs) (laughs) like sculpted bookend, then you can put one on either side and just have your box set. There you go. Like on the shelf by itself. I don't want the dolls though. (laughs) Man, oh, you broke me for a second there. I I do not want the dolls, but. But oh my gosh! Uh, see, I would understand buying the comic, but the box set, the right, box set, right? It's <laughs> awesome. You are not allowed to try uh, crap about being a Bruin anymore. Like you have to turn that card in. No, like, that's that card is done. No, he likes pink horses. I like a hot chick band. No, no, <laughs> sir. No, sir. It's totally different. It is not. Have you heard some of the music from the cartoon? It's actually not bad music. No, you can't defend this. I can defend it. No. No, 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 no. I can, I can oh defend it. Oh, my gosh. It. You're, oh, you're, you're cracking me up, man. <laughs> I can defend No, it. no, you can't. See, we'll get Chuck on and we'll take a vote. <laughs> right. Jeez. Here's the thing. If it's anything against me, <laughs> Chuck's going to vote for it. <laughs> I know. That's why we'll wait for Chuck to come on. And based on how you were with Trivia Crack with me. <laughs> that's the only thing I'm like that. You well, okay. enjoyed kicking my butt in that app. <laughs> I, heard well, you on, I heard you on DC Noise. <laughs> Everyone else. So there's this app out there called Trivia Crack, and it's like Trivial Pursuit. And Robert and I have played against each other. And Robert kicks my butt at it. <laughs> but he's pretty even with everyone else. And I'm pretty even with everyone else that Robert plays against. But for some reason, when Robert plays me, he turns into, like, Ninja Force <laughs> trivia guy. I don't... It is bizarre. Like, I'll play a game against Ryan, and there's... You know, it's kind of like if you are playing Trivia Pursuit, and you had your little circle, and you got right. to put little pie pieces in it, right? So... But you only get that pie piece if you land on a certain place on the board so it's like that in the game if you land on something then you can immediately go straight to the achievements instead of answering a bunch of questions to lead up to it so it's called getting a crown or getting this character so i would spin and i would land on the crown like every time yeah so i so ryan would start or i'd start a game with ryan or he'd start a game with me we'd get about one round into it and then the next round i would just get like Three or four crowns, like boom, 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 and it would be like getting these pie pieces, boom, 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 in trivia pursuit. It's just anyway, so from it my, was a little unfair. So from my <laughs> side of things, what would happen is I would play and I'd get a, you know, eventually get a question wrong, and then the next thing that would pop up my screen is you were beaten by Robert Atkins. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to play two questions. What the hell? Well, and there was like nobody else I was though. No. Rub, rubbing it in or anything or no. even beating the, you uh, that. You relished kind of, well, in it, Well, my brother too. Brian, for whatever reason, my, same thing with my brother Brian. I, I think I was up like 11 games to two or something against him. Yeah. And for what, I don't know why. And so he came up and he was helping me with some art stuff. And I was like, Brian, we should play Trivia Crack like right here. And he's like, all right. And then so we start playing and he played, got about two questions into it, sent it over to me. I got five crowns in a row. Wow. Like 
five spins in a row and I beat him and he's like, this is insane. I was like, I think there's some glitch with you and him. <laughs> when I play you guys, I just get crowns. It's crazy. But here's the thing. Hey, I'm fine with losing. Whatever. But you like <laughs> relished in kicking the crap out of me. That's because you're not fine with losing. You I say am. that, but you're very competitive and you always have to like have the last word. You're just very <laughs> defensive of your like. Uh, you interpret my wording very differently than how I <laughs> intend it then. <laughs> anyway, I, it was fun to rub it in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but then I quit. I quit uh, right. trivia crack. I'm on I'm in Because you have deadlines I'm, to me. I'm in recovery. <laughs> you have you have deadlines. You went into rehab. I did. I went into rehab. It's called I have to get a lot of work done. Right. So um so some other uh comic news. Did you see that uh Marvel's coming out with Star Wars episode four, a new hope original graphic novel hardcover? It's <laughs> it's the it's the movie adaptation that was done in the seventies. But it's recolored by using today's color capabilities. Oh, interesting. Who was that? Al Williamson or did somebody else? This uh, it was. Oh, let's see. Well, it was originally written by Roy Thomas and penciled by Howard Chaikin. Uh, I'm looking to see. Mm. Uh, it was uh, the coloring was done by Chris Sotomayor. Oh wow, that's very cool. Yeah, I knew it was a name I knew, like had seen before. So yeah, that guy colors like every book. Yeah. So they've showed some uh, sample pages, and it looks really cool. So um, it's still all the same artwork and everything else. It's just colored more in a modern way. So Yeah, I just actually picked up a, a hardcover. Of, they've done that with the X-Men um, Mutant Genesis. Yeah, you know, I wanted Jim, to get Jim Lee, that Chris one. Claremont, that's awesome. I got it in a hardcover. That's super nice. Yeah, I wanted to get that one. I didn't, I didn't pick it up, but uh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Marvel's also started their... Uh, it's called Legends. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, Legends. It's their part of their Epic collection, and they're basically reprinting the Dark Horse stuff, which I find very interesting. Um, because they're like, none of that stuff matters, but here it is in reprints. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same thing with IDW's GI Joe and Devils Do GI yeah, Joe. Like yeah. when you when you have the licensing rights to create the comic you don't just what you're paying for and you pay a substantial amount at least with like idw and hasbro yeah i don't know what marvel's deal is with disney but um you pay a substantial fee to be able to produce gi joe comic books now part of that fee is you have access to the entire archive and you have the rights to reprint or package it however you like so the previous company paid all of this production money to even have the books come out yeah. So you're paying a fee, but you also don't have to pay for that work to be produced again. You know what right. I mean? It's it's basically just your cost of printing. Right. So it, it's inevitable. They will reprint, I'm sure, everything that Dark Horse did eventually. Oh, yeah. Because um, yeah, there's no reason not to. Yeah. It's, you know, it's basically they don't have to pay for more Star Wars comics to, to be made. They could just always have something coming out. Yeah. And they're doing some neat collections because the first one that's coming out is like all Darth Vader stories. So it, it's some cool Yeah, that's neat. That doing. And then IDW is coming out with Miami Vice Remix number one, uh, which is hmm. in conjunction with Lion For, uh, Forge Comics. Right, okay. 
And that's interesting because the it's written by uh, Joe Casey and uh, art is Jim um, Mafood. Oh, really? Yeah. And the here's the weird thing about it. It's really over-the-top, exaggerated art, and it looks kind of crazy writing and everything else, too. I read the, the Lion Forge Miami Vice comic that was done digitally. Yeah. It looks nothing like this. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I mean, my food, he's... He's been, you know, uh, indie, you know, uh, comic book artist since the nine, late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, uh, and he's won all kinds of, you know, awards specifically to create own books or independent stuff. He, so he has. When you hire him, you're hiring his style. Yeah, and he's a big name in that circle. Right. So I'm. So it's a weird. He must have a love of the property, you it, know. Cause, yeah. They're definitely paying him top rates. Yeah. They'd be paying him top, top rates to be doing that. Top men, yeah. <laughs> Which is strange. To, it's a weird mix to put somebody like Miami Vice. Well, and the thing, I think the reason why it was weird to me is I was like, why, since this is a combination with Lion Forge, I was like, I understand they called it Miami Vice Remix, so it's a different take on it. But I was like, why didn't they start off by just printing on paper, releasing the original Lion Forge? It went for like eight issues, and I was like, I was kind of surprised to not see that in a trade form or the issues coming out that way before this, um, since those were already done. Well, so Lion Forge is a pretty small company based out of St. Louis um, that started out, um, and so their business model is to try it out digitally first because you don't have print overhead. Right. Um, So whether there may or may not have been enough interest to warrant that cost. Yeah. uh, Because you're expecting people to either, the fan base you know liked it, you're expecting them to then double buy. Yeah. And that's I I, held off buying it. You don't even know what that number is out there. So you're taking a big gamble. Right. And that's the the only thing I thought of was because this Miami Vice remix is a miniseries. So I'm wondering if IDW is like, okay, we'll put this out. And then based off of that, if that does well, we'll reprint in paper copy to give it more exposure. Yeah, no, that, that's a possibility too. Yeah. And I think, um, honestly, you know, having the names of Joe Casey and Jim Mafood, yeah. uh, I'm sure piqued the interest at IDW for them to even put it out. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know well, I don't know what Lion Forge is doing with IDW, but I do know IDW doesn't have fantastic deals. Right. Like, out of all the companies you're going to publish with, you're going to get the least out of IDW. Yeah. And, but they put out a really good product. I mean, they put out a high, high quality. Yeah. Yeah. And your stuff gets published. So yeah, you have to decide, you know, is there what they want up front or what their percentage they want out of your deal? Is it worth it? Yeah. So, uh, whatever Lionforge's deal is with them, it might not, again, it might not be worth it to put out, uh, right. a paper copy of that first Miami Vice. Yeah, I just I thought it was interesting. I, I liked seeing the partnership. I'm going to be trying that miniseries because it's it's the 80s. It's Miami Vice. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll give it a try. Um, also, a couple things is uh, a couple big stories that are coming up in a couple of our comics that we usually cover, which is uh, Combiner Wars is starting for Transformers. So you're going to get Superion versus right. Menasaur versus Devastator versus who knows what else. <laughs> Man, so cool. And they're coming out with action figures that are actually uh, labeled as Combiner Wars. So that's really cool. 
That is awesome, and I think it's it's really something that Hasbro and IDW should have been doing from the get go. Yeah, from the very first comic that came out, twenty fifth anniversary was coming out then. You know, yeah. they were in full production of the Joe figures. Uh, I don't know what Transformers was doing back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, but yeah. it's just I, th- I think it could, they could definitely be more cohesive. You, picking up characters that are created in the comics or in the comics, intention to what's coming out on the toy line. I mean, it has that was the formula for success. I mean, I know yeah. that was back in the eighties, and it's a different time, but sure. At the same time, it makes sense to cross promote, and I don't, I don't know why they're so singular. Yeah, well, and then like Windblade, the character Windblade from Transformers, she was a fan voted on or fan created uh, character that was then voted on and became a figure or a character in the comics and became an action figure. Um, right, and uh, Drift also, right? Yep. And they're about to do the same thing with a combiner this time. Now you can submit your ideas for a combiner character. Oh, that's very cool. And then they'll be voted on, and that character will, I assume, is going to appear in the comics, and they're going to make a figure of it, too. So Cool. Well, I hadn't heard that. And I think that's true. They have done it a lot more with um, Transformers than yeah. they ever did with G.I. Joe. But... Yeah. I think it's because they've had some success with that but it's like okay why don't you try that success over here <laughs> yeah i i i would love that helix yeah the helix figure um and i know it wasn't created for the comic it was created for the video game right. but still it was uh it was awesome to have that figure there when i was working on it yeah absolutely and then for real american hero we're gonna get in march it's the death of snake eyes part one so i'm very curious if they will actually kill snake eyes i'm doubtful of that but you never know <laughs> so. yeah it seems weird i mean it's been a lot of oh uh, i don't know i'm not yeah i don't, I don't know what they're doing <laughs> yeah and then there's a uh, couple little comment things that i wanted to mention too one is uh antarctic press is coming out with another like uh, uh steampunk variation of an 80s thing which is steam busters it's a uh, one-shot spoof of ghostbusters but with uh <laughs> three chicks that are in using steampunk type backpacks instead of using the uh proton packs so yeah so i'm actually gonna pick that up just to check it out i did try the gi jane from uh antarctic press and i think it was antarctic press that did that and yeah. it was fun. It was, it was like not something I would tell people, you got to go out and get it and read it. But I was like, if you had a chance to read it, it's a fun little spoof mm-hmm. on G.I. Joe. So that's all I'm looking for with this. And since it's just a one shot, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll read it for an issue. But another 80s property that I never thought would, I would ever see get a comic. Coming out in March, Bill and Ted's Most Triumphant Return Number 1. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm getting the box set. No, just kidding. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, now see if. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. I'm getting the telephone set. Is what it is. Um, <laughs> telephone booth set. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I was like, it, it, again, it, it's a comic. It's a mini series. It's from Boom, uh, and it's gonna be six issues. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, it could be fun. Uh, uh, you know, I wonder. I. For whatever reason, I have some kind of aversion to 80, it, comics based on age properties that were live action. Really? I don't know. I don't know why. Like, uh, I love the car- all the cartoon ones. Yeah. But I'm just not. I haven't been interested in the Knight Rider or the Miami Vice or. Huh. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't I, know why. I don't yeah, know why. I I like them all, and uh, Bill and Ted had a comic at one time, so it, yeah, it, it, there was a precedence for them doing a comic, and I've heard rumors that the uh, guy that played Bill <laughs> and Keanu Reeves, <laughs> not Keanu Reeves, yeah, the yeah. not Keanu Reeves guy and Keanu Reeves are both interested in doing a sequel to Bill and Ted. No way. Where they would be the parents and there would be they would have teenage kids <laughs> and the whole movie would be based on why are Bill and Ted not the saviors of the world that we thought they were supposed to turn out right. to be. The, yeah, the, the future. Well, what year was the future that they went to that they were? I don't know. Uh, I, I always love that how it's you know it's like the Back to the Future year, yeah, yeah. You know, this year and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I, I think that's hilarious when you, know, you look at a time and then you're like, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> yeah, have you have you seen the <laughs> that Back case, to that, that would be fun. Like, um, well, I, we're not going to be around for that. Um, <laughs> it's the year twenty six eighty eight. Whoa! Yeah, that's <laughs> way up there. So. At least they, uh, at least they went so far out that they're like, yeah, this stuff might happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, that, that's beyond Star Trek. That's way out there. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, the, I here's the thing. I wonder. So, assuming there's still humans in 2688, will they remember Bill and Ted? <laughs> to, right to do anything that year like because you know with back to the future we were like back to the future 2 we're like hey this is the year of back to the future 2 it's like 30 years later and we're like hey it's you know remember all the things that they said we would have well we have some of them we don't have all of them i wonder if anyone in the year 2688 would even know that bill and ted existed <laughs> Well, no, because I don't know what popular culture was going on in the year 1300. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know what was the cool thing at the time. Right. <laughs> like, why would... I mean, I guess now things are a little more a possibility, you know, in some library of Congress in right. 600 years. Right. There might be a copy of that movie, but... Uh, right. Um, yeah, who knows? So, yeah, just... It's interesting, but... Uh, so the last thing I wanted to mention, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, huge news from Marvel. Uh, I, don't yeah. know if, I don't know if you heard about this. <laughs> but the Marvel Universe as we know it is no longer going to exist. Yeah. Um, so that happened. <laughs> right. Uh, or it's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I think nobody publicly kind of knows... Yeah. To what what extent things are going to be shaken up, or what they'll snap back to? You know what I mean? Right. Inevitably, things tend to snap back. Yeah, and I found um, it interesting that they made comments like, "Well, if we were going to bring Gwen Stacy back, this would be how this would be the time to do it," and things like that. And I'm like, and I'm thinking what that is? It's a hint that they're bringing Spider Gwen, the from the Spider Verse universe, to our universe. Um, yeah. So. I don't think they're actually going to bring back the original dead Gwen Stacy. I think that would be a bad move on their part. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think they would. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, they have brought back a few kind of characters, uh, kind of like what Brightest Day did to yeah. a certain extent. You know, bringing back Martian Manhunter and a few other characters. Right. Um, that had, you know, temporarily. Um, they've kind of already done 
that with like Nightcrawler and a few other characters. That, yeah, that's like last couple of years. So I'm kind of wondering who's dead right now. That is a substantial like man. I really miss that character. Well, and it's not even just the dead characters, but like they're saying, there's there's pretty much not going to be any other multiverse versus out there like that there'll be just one marvel universe which makes it sound very crisis on infinite earths um you know for- right so they all merge together and you can kind of pick and choose who right. you want to still exist right so i'm curious taking away any marvel 616 characters so forget the normal marvel universe characters is there what characters from other timelines, other universes, other realities, or even just other time periods of Marvel's history would you like to see be part of the new Marvel universe? Like you could pull from like Age of Apocalypse, you could pull from uh, I don't even like I have I have some ideas of characters I would like to see, but. I don't know if you had like characters from different realities and stuff like that that you would like to see be part of the new Marvel universe. Um, well, I mean, I'll, I think the people that I would be most familiar with are pretty much X Men related. Yeah. Um, and the obviously, Apocalypse, you know, parallel universe. Um, I don't know how many other besides like Marvel zombies. You know, it's like how how many other parallel universes does Marvel have? Yeah. Is that Ultimate Ultimate Universe and then the right. Age of Apocalypse? Like, there's not too much else, is there? No, I mean, I did write down some characters that I would like to see. I'll, I'll rattle them off, rattle them off here for you. Um, I was a fan of the 2099 characters. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. So. I, they might not be a fan favorite, but I actually liked the X Men of two thousand ninety nine, um, so I wouldn't mind seeing some of those characters make their way. I actually liked the Punisher of two thousand ninety nine, um, the Hulk of two thousand ninety nine, and I'm a huge fan of Spider Man two thousand ninety nine, who yeah. who has been appearing in the Marvel universe. So yeah, um, cool. so I would be interested in those characters, kind of some of them at least making their way over to the main universe. Uh, there's a lot of the exile characters that I wouldn't mind seeing. So like, right? Okay. So again, kind of X Men related, but it's yeah. the kind of uh, dimensional jumping right. X Men team. So you had like Mimic and Morph and Blink, like those three characters in that's particular. That's definitely the big ones. Yeah. yeah. Now one of them that's kind of a villain from the Exiles that I'd like to see is the Spider, which was Peter Parker merged with the Carnage symbiote. And he was on the opposing oh. Exiles team. He was, like, in that red costume. Yeah. Like, the red costume, but he was, like... Red. I had completely forgot about him. That that would that would add a lot of really cool stories. Yeah. Um, so, and speaking of villains, here's a villain I think would be awesome to have for, like you said, for good stories. Um, Maestro from Future Imperfect of the Hulk. Um, He's the older Hulk that, like... <laughs> With like the long white hair, yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about that character. I, I recognize him, but I don't know much about him. Yeah, he's he's an evil bastard, is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he would be fun. Um, well, and I was thinking, is is a uh, Nick Gray involved in the six one six stuff? I, I remember he crossed over multiple times, like part of. Um, who was it that you said? Uh, X Man, like Nate Gray. Oh, Nate Gray. I thought you said Nick Gray, and I'm like, who's Nick Gray? Um, uh, yeah, Nate Gray, I think, is still around. Um, 
he's been involved with the X-Men for a little while, but I'm not sure if he's still around for that or not. Yeah. Um, but that would be a good one. And then I've been reading a lot of the Spider-Verse, so I have really liked a lot of the characters from that. So I mentioned Spider-Gwen before. Uh, Spider-Man Noir, which I don't know if you've ever seen him, but he's got like the he's got like a black trench coat, black yeah. outfit, and he's got the goggles and stuff like that. He was a really cool character in the Spider-Verse story, so I would like to see him make his way. And then there was another character called Lady Spider, who was kind of like a steampunk type thing. Like she had the the uh, spider legs like Iron Spider had, Iron Spider-Man had. But, oh man, yeah, I don't know who that is at all. Yeah, she. I think she only appeared in the Spider Verse story, but she was a really cool character. So, cool. Um, and then tied into the Spider Verse stuff, I would love to see Spider Girl, which is May Parker, who had her own series for like two hundred uh, issues. Um, I yeah, no, yeah, that'd be an easy way to bring that back. Yeah, Get relevant. And then of course Miles Morales. I think that's kind of a given character that I think will probably yeah. become part of our part of the Marvel universe, part of our universe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also thought of okay, so, so here's some off the wall ones for you. Um, Franklin Richards from Days of Future Past timeline. Um. So that's where he, I, he's the son of Sue and and Reed, yeah. and he's but, the adult version of him. Man, it's been. So they read that. I don't remember what party plays. He's like the main one to get Kitty Pride back to where she needs oh, to be. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They use his powers yes. for her to travel back in the first place. Yep. And I, the reason why I like the idea of bringing him is because we haven't seen a lot of him, but we know from him being a kid that he's supposed to grow up to be this ultra-powerful character. So I think it'd be kind yeah. of cool to see him brought in and used in that way, so... No, so are they bringing... But, I mean, these are all characters in the future. They're not bringing future characters back. They're they? bringing characters from all different timelines. Like, there is going oh, to be a man. Days of Future Past timeline group of stories. and oh, that's um, crazy. And they're all going to battle on this battle world. Uh, so, like... Um, so, it's, it is. It's different timelines, because there's also supposed to be... They're supposed to be revisiting the One More Day, where Spider-Man never does the deal with Mephisto... Um, <laughs> so there's stuff like that that they're going to okay. visit again um, so I also thought of uh, Dazzler from Ultimate X-Men because I actually like, liked her as a character I don't know if she lived or not I'm not sure if she's dead in the Ultimate Universe but I liked her version of that version of Dazzler better than even the original version of Dazzler because she was like a punk rocker type character yeah oh um, yeah yeah I remember her I liked her yeah. Yeah. the Ultimate version yeah um, Bloodstorm from Mutant X timeline, alternate world. Uh, Bloodstorm was Storm as a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I never read that line. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> and then I have the ultimate. Well, uh, I have two more. Kill Raven, which I don't. Uh, you might be familiar with the name, but not familiar with who he is. Basically, in one timeline, uh, Earth gets attacked by Martians and kills all of. Does he, he's got like two swords. He's yes. kind of like a yeah. I know who you're talking about. So I think it'd yeah, be kinda, he's very cool. I think it'd be cool to bring him in. But here's the ultimate one that you could bring in. I don't think they could ever do this or get away with it. But I think it would be awesome. <laughs> what? Dark Claw. 
Do you want to? <laughs> yeah, there's no way they could do that. But that would be fantastic. Batman. It was like one of the only amalgam characters that people might recognize. Right. Batman and Wolverine <laughs> combination. Oh, everything else was so gaudy. But for whatever reason, that design like kind of worked. Yeah. It's like classic. I mean, yes. classic 90s design. Like, yeah. So I would like to see Dark Claw make it into the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm actually really excited about both com- big companies' uh, events. I'm interested in Convergence and seeing what they're doing with these, uh, with their timelines all coming together, and Marvel's coming, to yeah. bringing all their timelines together. It's kind of like both companies are kind of doing the same thing, but doing it in somewhat different ways. So, it's typical. It's you know, I've heard both sides of it uh, that at times uh, they do get wind of what the other company's doing and then there's times where it's just a weird complete coincidence it's yeah. truly just a coincidence that um, you know that their their events just kind of line up and yeah. it's you know it's because they're basing it either on popular culture or right. on uh, what you know just trends you know that are kind of in you know just moving along and then they just happen to have similar ideas you know, yeah. so I've heard it I've heard it both ways you know yeah and I honestly think this one was one of those accident situations because yeah. Marvel's been planning this. Supposedly Marvel's been planning this for several years. And I believe it because Hickman had mapped out what he wanted to do with Avengers and everything else. And Yeah, like years ahead. Yeah. I mean, he had done that same thing with Fantastic Four. When he first started, he had like the two years or three years mapped out. Right. So, so I can imagine if he came on. Yeah. Avengers, it would have been the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally believe it because when you read the stories, it all leads up to this, and you don't get there if you didn't have it mapped out. Um, and I do believe that DC just came up with this thing because they had to move, so they had to come up with some type of story to still get issues out there, but they couldn't use their you know regular creators and stuff like that because they needed to move everybody out. So they just said, "Hey, why don't we do this? What we normally do is a fifth week event, but we'll make it for two months." And we could bring back some of these characters that the fan, longtime fans were saying, hey, we were upset that you took them away. Well, here's at least a couple months of that. Um, now, right. I, I do think that DC is making it or might be trying to make it bigger than what they originally intended it to be because of what Marvel's doing. Um, probably. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, I did hear Comic Geek speak. I was listening to one of their episodes and they were talking about the two events and I found it very interesting what they were saying was that back in the 80s, Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars came out and Crisis on Infinite Earths came out. And for DC, Crisis on Infinite Earths was their big changing the entire universe event. And for yeah. Marvel, Secret Wars was their, hey, here's a fun story to throw a bunch of characters together and we can sell toys and whatever. But it's a fun story with throwing a lot of our heroes and villains together and just having them battle. And at the end of it, there'll be some changes, but it's not going to be anything big. Um, Yeah, everything kind of goes back. Yeah. Whereas now, both of these events seem like the company's doing the opposite thing. Where Marvel's saying... Yeah, they just swapped. (laughs) Yeah. Marvel's saying, our event's going to change everything. And DC's saying, well, our event is going to be a fun thing for a couple months. (laughs) Right. So, So that's all the news I had. That, that's everything. I'm spent. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's That sounds good to me. That's all I got. I think I've been ridiculed enough uh, <laughs> in this episode. Hey, you put it out there for me. Right. 
I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a gem song at the end of this episode. Oh man, it's totally you. You should. It would be outrageous. It would be truly outrageous. <laughs> so so let me go ahead and give our information out. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at the forumforgeeks.com. Uh, we did just have a new member sign up there, Swordfish. So welcome aboard. And he came Very from cool. the pop culture leftovers people. So um, nice. so that was awesome. And uh, let's see. You can find us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Uh, we have a fan page there. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at Starjoes Podcast. Call and leave us a voicemail. We got a voicemail from Chuli. We'd love to hear from the rest of you guys. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. You can, if you have a cell phone that lets you call long distance after a certain time, call that number at that time. I don't want you to spend money. Uh, so call when it's free for you to call. It goes right to voicemail. So you're not disturbing anyone. So if it's 3 in the morning, you're drunk, and you're like, I'm going to call Star Joe's. Good. Call us. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Uh, it'll definitely be on the show <laughs> oh yeah for sure um so do that uh email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com and uh you can uh, see we're on the geekcast radio network we're on stitcher radio stitcher radio is a free app for your mobile devices and you can make starjoes one of your favorites uh robert how can they find you uh mostly just searching robert atkins art uh, that's my Facebook uh, page. Uh, my my Twitter is at Robert Atkins Art. My same thing for robertatkinsart.blogspot.com is where I post uh, any updates I have on my artwork or commissions or projects I'm working on. Awesome. So uh, starting technically what February fourth, uh, there's a new issue of America's Army that's coming out. It's, it's issue number thirteen. Uh, that I did work on, so I'm working on 13, 14, and 15, which is what I've been working on while we've been talking tonight. Um, except but that'll for, be wrapped except up for when Robert bursted out laughing and couldn't help it. You know, I was crying. I, could, I couldn't even breathe, and I didn't want to get tears on my page. I didn't want to – that was not worth it. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can email me just at robertqatkins at gmail.com. Okay. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Be outrageous. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs>